of church and state. It is Wednesday, May 17. We're live today. If you're listening on Wednesday, May 17, we record also Thursday afternoon, 5 o'clock, Saturdays at 3 o'clock. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. And uh, email or uh, Facebook. What's our Facebook? Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, Tim. Is that right? All right. So uh, lots going on today. Um, I don't know if folks have heard about the... Uh, uh, the groundhog that has been making... <laughs> I don't know how they couldn't have heard about Making this. <laughs> headlines across the country. We're going to... Um, hold on, i got to get mine up so I can give a play-by-play. Because all you're going to hear out there, folks, is uh, sound effects. Which uh, are priceless, in my opinion. They tell the whole story, almost. <laughs> all right, Tim, hold on. Let me get mine up so I can give a play-by-play. So this groundhog... Um, this groundhog in... We don't know where it was. Tim thinks it's California because they won't do anything to it. So this groundhog, uh, this farmer, this farmer set up a what do you call it? A ca- a, uh, like a camera? Yeah, a little to catch the field camera or something <laughs> to catch the groundhog. Wildlife camera. And we have a groundhog under our shed. This is our second one. The first one, I got a buddy who caught it. He put a cage out there. Put a apple. That thing was caught in hours. Not a real smart groundhog. Lots of things have been caught by apples. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so my wife, um, my little girl said. Uh, so my friend caught it. My little girl said, "Dad, Daddy, don't don't let him kill it because he was going to feed it to his dogs. He's a hunter. He's got hunting dogs. He was going to let him let them practice on this little groundhog." My 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 little girl said, "Daddy, Daddy." And uh, so he let it go. It's somewhere in Ritchie County in retirement, somewhere out there. But So we got another one. So I have a uh, – I've got like a love-hate relationship with groundhogs. Because, Do you have a garden? Uh, we did last year. Okay. But this, he's, he's come anyway. He's eaten – he feeds off, you know, local – all the, all the uh, congruent uh, yards. All right, so here it is. <laughs> this guy is um, – so the farmer, who's a good, obviously he's a great farmer, because this this groundhog takes the vegetables, fruits, whatever, brings them right in front of the camera and eats <laughs> right in front of the camera. Go ahead, Tim. These are beautiful vegetables, too. I mean, okay, so he's eating an apple now. Now he's staring into the camera, just just staring carrot. He's got a carrot apple. Here in the background, this is good about a carrot, broccoli, carrot. Can you hear him? What's he eating there? Apple. Now he's just chewing. Staring into the camera the whole time, folks. Tomato. It's almost like he's saying you can't do anything about this. <laughs> the farmer, I think, has been bewitched by him. He's falling in love with him. He now he's just staring. Now he's just looking around. Right in front of the camera. <laughs> All right, folks. It's a, bold, it's a bold groundhog. Yeah, man. He's like, uh, what are you going to do? I'm eating your fruit. And th- this carrot, this farmer, it's as big as, look, as big as the groundhog. It's really good looking produce. It's, it's excellent. <laughs> Tim, can we put that on the Facebook page so people can see what they actually heard? That groundhog, bad manners, yeah. chews loud, doesn't yeah. close his mouth. He don't care. He's just <laughs> but, living his best life on this guy's farm. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> he's not paying rent, guarantee it. <laughs> so, anyway, hilarious. All right, so we uh, got that checked off. And uh, so I, I just want to hit a couple of – we're going to do in the next segment uh, uh, a story on uh, – so a, f- a friend of mine sent me 
a, uh, a lady who was a college professor's wife up at WU sent me a video or a documentary on, on how the worldwide population is actually, or childlessness is what it is. Population is growing, but childlessness is, is the new thing. And, mm. and it's actually been around for, I don't know, probably 20 years. But we're going to study, look into that a little bit, bring a biblical perspective to it. The guy that did it is a fascinating guy. He's not bringing it, you know, from you know, biblical principles, here's the problem here, but he is bringing hard data, empirical data, objective data, and uh, it's it's worth looking into. So we'll get into that in the next segment. Um uh, so a little homeschooling news, Pastor. I thought you would like this because you all homeschool, hmm. right, or have yep. homeschool all, all four of yep. yours. So here's some homeschool data uh, that goes from the 1970s up to now, to 2020s. Let me just give you these numbers. Homeschoolers in the 1970s, approximately 13,000. The 1980s, 200,000. Hmm. That's, that's exponential growth. Yeah. The 1990s, 850,000. I think you could call that exponential also, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 2000s, 1.5 million homeschoolers. Wow. 2010s, 1.7 million homeschoolers. Now listen to this. From the 2010s to the 2020s, think pandemic. Mm-hmm. It went from 1.7 million to 5 million wow. homeschoolers. This is nationwide, obviously. So let me, do, let me give those again because the, the growth between decades is, is notable. There's a reason for it, right? So 1970s, 13,000 homeschoolers. Uh, just a quick aside, Pastor. Did you know that Parksburg High School, there's a teacher there that dresses as a woman hmm. every day. Comes to class every day. The principal there says the kids have to call that man dressed as a woman by his female name. Yeah. Okay? Now, that just for some perspective, mm-hmm. folks. 1970s, 13,000 homeschoolers. That's just after the battle for homeschool rights happened. It was, I think that a lot of it was in the battle was in the 60s. 1970s, 13,000 homeschoolers. 1980s, 200,000. 1990s, 850,000, 2000s, 1.5 million homeschoolers, 2010s, 1.7 million homeschoolers, 2020s, 5 million homeschoolers. Wow. And as we were talking about and you were mentioning, I think that might even mean more with the declining birth rate that we've experienced. I mean, if you've got more kids going, going into, you know, yeah, private that, education that's, or that's a good point. When I graduated from Parksburg High School in 1983, we had, if I remember correctly, 721 graduates. Hmm. Now I think they graduate there, probably South Parksburg South, probably about the same, uh, around 300, hmm. something like that. Yeah. Where where are all these people? Well, right. people are having few, fewer kids, fewer children. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, Christian schools are popping up. Mm-hmm. I sent all three of mine to Christian schools, except yeah. for two years. Um, and uh, homeschooling. Mm. What else? What else would I be missing? I don't think. I think those are the, you the know, options. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think we have a charter schools in the area. Um, not yet, but they are. Uh, they are popping up in West Virginia also. But, mm. but uh, uh, there you go, folks. So. That's uh, interesting data. I wanted to share that with everybody. So how much time we got here? Let's go ahead and bump out of this, Tim. Go to a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about pets. I'm going to step on some toes, namely mine, because we have a pet that we worship. We have a we uh, get up every morning, bow to it. Do you put clothes it. on it? Do you, do you dress your pet? No, we do, we do not. Our pet won't even get rid of the groundhog. I mean, she's worthless. you got to do your part. Come you on. Come on, step up. We feed you every day. Go get that groundhog underneath the shed.
All right. It's entitlement mentality. Yeah, that's the problem. It's probably a California dog. (laughs) Mom and dad probably came from California. (laughs) All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about pets segue into uh, this documentary. It's called, listen to this, Pastor. It's called Birth Gap, Childless World. Hmm. Isn't that just that sad? Yeah. Childless World. But that's what uh, our world is becoming. And... Not as much. The U.S. is 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 going well, in that direction strongly. Adults are the new children. Adults are the new children. That's a great. That's a great statement. All right. So uh, I brought my GI Joe. I'm going to play with that during the break, <laughs> and then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, you folks that worship you pet your pets out there. Great, great quote by Matt Walsh that I'm going to read. Then we'll go get into this documentary on childless world. You're listening to The Voice of Truth with Mike Asinger. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Brian Leversey, Senior Pastor here at Fellowship Baptist Church, and I would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Our services are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then again in the evening at 6 p.m. We have our Sunday school programs at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 p.m. Exciting things are happening at Fellowship Baptist, and I would love to see you there. God bless. A portion of today's programming on Praise FM has been brought to you by an underwriting grant from Levitt Funeral Home. Levitt Funeral Home is the area's only locally owned multi-generational home. Five generations of the Levitt family have been personally involved in serving our community. So, a family can always do business with someone they know, someone they can depend on. Levitt Funeral Home can offer information about grief resources, ideas on planning a funeral or memorial service, information about our products and services, and ways to bring family and friends together through our online obituaries, email condolence program, and information for families about the Levitt Family Center. Levitt Funeral Home is celebrating 125 years of serving the Valley with two locations in Parkersburg and Belpre. The phone number for Levitt Funeral Home is 422-6459. We are thankful for John and Stephen Levitt of Levitt Funeral Home for supporting listener-supported Praise FM Radio. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leverstey. We broadcast down in the bowels of Fellowship Baptist Church on Rosemar Road. Should I tell that information? You never know what the FBI is listening to. <laughs> well, it's out there now. I mean. <laughs> After the Durham report, we definitely, we definitely should have security outside. Hey, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, security, did you know that Osama bin Laden, so... When in his compound, he was living with three wives, and he didn't leave the house for five years. So there's speculation that he called the seals himself. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now we do need guards. I don't know if that's been documented, but uh, three wives in a house all by uh, Tim, you're supposed to be filtering this stuff before it goes out on the air, man. Five, I don't know. Five years in the house with three wives, and so there is speculation that he called the uh, Navy SEALs himself. So, hey, you can't blame me, right? He's out of here. There. He's out of here now. He's uh, he's gone. All right, so let's talk a little bit about pets. I saw this quote by Matt Walsh. Um, you know who Matt mm-hmm. Walsh is, yeah. so I follow him. What is on, a woman? On Facebook, yeah. So I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. that. You did watch it? Yeah. I have not seen it. It's because they make you upgrade. Yeah, they do. I pay for the Daily Wire, whatever it is, two I have bucks a month. Yeah, you <laughs> so I go in there. I'm going to watch. Hey, I pay for Daily Wire. I'm going to go and watch Matt Walsh's documentary. No. Got to pay the premium. You have to upgrade. <laughs> so guess what? I'm not watching your movie that you're making, you want to make money on, but you make it impossible to watch. All right. But I do like uh, Matt Walsh on a lot of stuff. So here he is, here he is on Pets. Um. He says, years from now, historians will look at our culture's devolution into pet worship and write many volumes attempting to diagnose it. But I think the cause is quite clear. Selfishness. To love another human being is to sacrifice. It is to come out of yourself and put someone else's needs above your own. To love a child or a spouse is to serve, to give. 
Modern man is not willing or able to forget himself or put anyone higher than himself, so he targets his affections towards his gerbil or his poodle instead. That way he can feel like he's quote-unquote loving something without actually having to do anything or change his life in any significant way. Hmm. People who love their pets more than they love people don't actually love pets at all. They don't love anything. More precisely, what they love about the pet is what it does for them and how it makes them feel. The love, uh, they love themselves through their pets. The animal's a blank slate that the loveless modern man can turn into a little avatar of himself. He worships his dog because his dog worships him. So, I'm a pet owner. I got a dog, and I'm not, I don't think he's talking about, look, uh, we, mankind's owned had had pets as long as we've been around. God, but we God obviously it. made them for us. He made dogs for mankind, right? That's obvious. Yeah, Anyone absolutely. Anyone that has a dog, cats he made for. What? <laughs> hey, now be I've careful. Known. There's cat people out there. <laughs> Tim shaking his head. Do you have a cat? Well, do you have a cat, Tim? It, uh-oh, Tim's mad. It's I'm interesting. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of the way, man's up. Uh, well, so, I mean, they, they were made for companionship. It, it gives us that in the Genesis narrative. You know, uh, Adam was alone, and God said it isn't good. So he formed animals out of the dust of the ground, and he had Adam name the animals. It was a form of companionship. They they do mm-hmm. they do meet a need that uh, that God specifically has designed it for. But it says about the animals, there was not a help meet for him, meet. and so, so he made a woman. Words. Yes. Help. A help, help meet is two meet. words, yeah. yeah. You, uh, a, a, a wife meet. is not a help meet. A, a wife is a help that's a meet or mm. appropriate for man. Mm. And so, but but we've turned it around and we live in a culture today where we don't have many times those real relationships with people. Uh, we're still alone with our animals and, and, and those those animals can gratify us. God made them to be um, companionship for mankind and and uh, to be used by mankind for, for work and for food, obviously, as well. But, but they're, they're not a help that is appropriate for us. Mm. So that's, that's uh, very good. Here's a picture that I took off of uh, somebody posted this on Facebook. It's a guy about to get married, and his best man is his dog. <laughs> Okay, so that's that is a telltale. Kind of funny though. <laughs> it, it's hilarious. He's got a, the dog in a tie. It's kind of you would think funny. that maybe you know get your groundhog to be your best man. There you man. go. Why are you? So he's picking his dog. Uh, I have my best man was my dad. That's cool. That that meant something, yeah. right? There's a meaning there. You have so a my, best friend. That's a meaning there. A friendship yeah. there. A, bi- a biblical relationship. But we've elevated uh, as a country, probably as a world, we've elevated pets to the level of our human relationships we were watching a documentary really really fascinating one uh from national geographic our family on elephants and how intelligent they are and then the narrator said or the scientist that was observing them said that elephants are as intelligent as man or near intelligent and there is no animal on earth that comes close to the intelligence of humans god made them distinctly different and we worship them as we worship earth as well. And God spoke about this through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter number one. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. That's that self-love you were talking about there in that article. They became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools and changed the glory of God, the incorruptible glory of God, as a corruptible creature and worshiped the four-footed beasts. So that this is exactly the breakdown of culture that Paul wrote about to the Romans in Romans chapter number one. Yeah, so we're, we're seeing that play out in front of us. Yeah. Um, here's a, a Forbes article, Pet Ownership Statistics 2023. And it just goes through 66% of households own a pet Dogs being the most popular. Sorry, cats aren't even really close. Um, here's the makeup generationally. Millennials, 
the biggest pet owners, 33%, Gen Xers, 25%, but baby boomers, 24%. So it, it makes the point, it goes on to make a point in this article that that pet ownership uh, has, has grown just, I don't know if you could use the word exponentially, but probably mm-hmm. geometrically. Well, think about this. We, we want to save the animals and we want to kill the babies. So, so again, as we, as we kind of bring this all together in our conversation today, you've got a negative childbirth rate and you've got an exponentially growing pet ownership rate. Yeah, so uh, nature abhors a, a vacuum. So we're not having children. We're going to get into this here in a second. So something's got to fill that mm-hmm. void, right? And God created us uh, to have children, to want to have children. That's a natural desire. That's... That's a, a, an immutable part of mankind that's stamped on us at creation. You mm-hmm. use the word stamped a lot in terms of God's image on us. He, he likes creating babies, right? Mm-hmm. He likes, he likes making told man to be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. right? So here's, here's this, this uh, documentary, that, documentary that somebody sent me, who um, a professor's wife up at WVU, West Virginia University up in Morgantown, and she's a great conservative lady, loves the Lord. But uh, the the documentary is called Birth Gap, Childless World. So it's 50 minutes. It's a three-part documentary. The first one's the only one I've seen, 50 minutes. And it starts out, um, it just shows this guy goes travels all over the world talks to people that's the cool thing about it he's not just giving stats he's talking to people face to face why aren't you having kids why do you not want to have kids what's going on in your life uh you know what's your priorities and he does this in different countries all the industrialized countries pastor are are go are are uh, on a uh, uh ski ride downhill mm. in terms of having having babies Italy, Germany, and Japan. Uh, at the exact same time, the uh, they just started nosediving. And this happened like in the early 70s, 1973, 74. You can see the stats. They went from having a normal birth rate, which was, you know, average 2.1 to 2.6 children. All these countries did. America did, probably even a higher birth rate. And all of a sudden, boom, it just nosedived. Hmm. All three countries, Italy, Germany, and Japan. Uh, then they had Elon Musk on. Elon Musk uh, was talking about the population collapse. And, look, when, when you have a population collapse, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ramifications that you know, may not think about. But he made the point, look, where are our employees going to come from? Hmm. Who's taking care of the old people, uh, you know, the pensions, the health care, that type of thing? Uh, but but the, docu- the guy doing the documentary said, called it a tipping point, that when you get below two babies per female, that's the tipping point. Seventy percent of the of the nations in the world are below the tipping point. Hmm. They have a negative birth rate, and they get to the point where this is not recoverable. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes generations to recover from that, and these these countries, these moms and dads, are not having babies. Yeah. They're not having babies. Um, here's an so so he ha- he put a graph up there and put 0 1 2 3 and 4 in terms of the number of children obviously you can go higher but the but the mean amount of of couples have 0 to 4 babies and as long as those percentages are are okay the fulcrum goes right in the middle at 2 2.1 and you have you have a a birth rate that replaces the population so he describes this, but what what is happening worldwide? Uh, he interviews this one guy, or he plays this this clip of one guy who says that look, uh, the problem is that families are having fewer children. That's not the problem. He goes, he documents it. The problem isn't families having fewer children. If a if a mom and dad have a baby, they tend to have two, three, four children. The problem is. The exponential rise in in uh, females having zero children. Yeah, it used to be in Japan 
like early early 1970s or maybe later that uh you know they had a re- replacement rate with with babies they had, and there was only one out of tw- 20 mothers who had no babies right now it's one out of three hmm. now it's one out of three this is just it's it's skyrocketed hmm. so he goes around to these different nations and he he um interviews these gals and 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 the dad sometimes too and uh so so we were talking before the show started about this issue and 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 what happened in the early 70s and this guy who does a documentary he's blaming the oil embargo and the oil crisis and the economic crisis of the early 1970s which i remember i was a i was a young kid Mm -hmm. but i remember gas prices going crazy i remember saying to my dad am i going to be able to drive because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know every kid wants to drive it and, and uh dad was like you know i don't know jimmy carter and, and uh i don't know uh but i think he said yeah you'll be able to drive <laughs> but the oil crisis was a huge thing mm-hmm. but you know what else happened in the early 70s pastor this is what we were talking about roe v wade happened yeah and the value of life uh started started to degrade and started it, its value just uh, as we've gone through the decades, uh, uh, the value of of new life of babies mm-hmm. has has fallen. Yeah, and you know people always want to say that the devastation that happens to our culture is a product of the environment that culture's in, but that's not biblical. We're a product of our image. When we maintain the image of God, the dignity of life that God has stamped on us, then we produce the fruit of life and right. the blessing that comes from life. Life is always associated with blessing in Scripture. But when we remove God's identity from us, which seems to be what our culture is bent on doing, then we bring a culture of death because without life, the only other thing you have is death. And so when we started not looking at um, having children as a blessing and producing life as a blessing, and we started looking at it as an accessory, you know, children will come along when I'm ready for them, when they'll look good on me, after my career has already established me, after I've gotten my image from the world. And then think about what you're producing when you produce children when they're an accessory. My image now comes from this world. My image comes from my occupation. My image comes from my status. My image comes from whatever other idol I'm worshiping. And so now what values am I imprinting on my child? I'm, I'm imprinting, if I end up even having a child, the value to throw them into a situation where they have no real identity as well. And so this just perpetuates generation after generation. This is why in the Old Testament, God was so... Um, uh, purposeful in judging the children of Israel for their idolatries because he knew the generational effect it would have if their children ran after idols. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing that in our culture today. Um, we're not a product of our environment. I'm not saying environment isn't important, but we're ultimately a product of our image. There have been wonderful people of God who've had children and had thriving families when they've kept the image of God intact in their life, even when they've gone through very difficult times. Yeah, we're not talking about moms who can't have babies or couples who can't no. have babies. Um, but how does it affect a culture when you have a growing number, a growing faction of the culture who uh, are not moms, hmm. who grow uh, grow up, have get married, and... They live in and of, in and unto themselves. This yeah. couple, you can't help but before you have kids, you can't help but be selfish. Before it's like when you're single, you know, you're you think about you. When you get right. married, you think about your wife. Uh, but when when kids come into your world, uh, it, it changes changes everything you yes, know last night i gave my little girl she's going on a field trip uh had seven dollars in cash here i take this <laughs> and um uh, uh you know it's, it's my baby girl i got two mm-hmm. you know two other boys and you think about your kids you mm-hmm. think outside of yourself um a couple of uh points elon musk said he said that in japan adult diapers outsell baby diapers isn't that amazing? So, so uh, basically, adults are the new children. Well, uh, that that's right. They're they're the ones that be, that are being taken care of. When you eradicate your your next generation, essentially by either choosing not to have children or aborting them, 
you 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 end up with a an adult population and i know the adult diapers is a different reference but let's let's talk about this for a moment we have adults who don't need diapers wearing diapers because they want to identify as children and we've got adults who can't figure out their identity well into their adulthood we've got adults who don't understand or want to understand the difference between male and female we've got adults who want to play and party and and basically live as a child instead of really taking on the responsibility of the calling that God has put on adults has put on men to have dignity to be producers to be creative in the sense that produces blessing and fruit to come out of their parents basement and and press out into life to found nations and countries and build yeah. you know businesses and 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 rule and govern in appropriate ways we don't have anybody who wants to do that look at the dearth that we have of what i feel would be really good candidates to run for you know office and a mm. lot of the reason is because people aren't stepping up into positions of responsibility mm. you don't have very good competition at the top anymore you have people who and i i think we have other environments that prohibit this as well but i think there is a mentality overall where, where adults don't want to grow up they don't want to accept the responsibility and calling that god's given to us and they want uh, to live in a spirit of entitlement their whole life yeah so something happened to the generation that uh, went went downstairs and played video games all the time. They didn't come back up out of the basement, and they're not going to work. Where what? Where are all the employees? You know, we've aborted children, we've not had children, and we've we've not made our children grow up. And we're wondering why we have now hiring signs all over the country. I asked an economist who came down and spoke to the Senate uh, caucus last session i thought this guy will have an answer because i can't get an answer to it why why is everybody have why does everybody have a now hiring sign up it's time to go back to work mm-hmm. all of the, you know the government's not paying them what they were to stay home why aren't they coming back he didn't know hmm. he didn't have an answer and I think the three things that I just said and the, and the points that you just made uh, are, you know, we, we, have a, we have a generation that, that isn't stepping up, that isn't growing up, that's being coddled, that can't handle to be, uh, uh, to, to be criticized or to hear a counterpoint to what they believe and so on. So, uh, but, but this childlessness is is pervasive it's worldwide half the children let me just get, go through some stats here uh pastor half the children uh germany has half the children that they had 50 years ago hmm. half the children uh, let's see um anyway these are these are europe you know the these are countries that that aren't even making it to their to the replacement uh, fertile <laughs> fertile uh, fertility mm-hmm. rate, and so uh, we'll, I'll finish up with with this. But um, the the saddest part about this whole thing. Let, let me just make one more point here. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Do you know that West Virginia University um, in the next five years is is projected to lose five thousand students? Mm-hmm. We were just talking about that at the high school level, even the, the decline yeah, in, yeah. in class so, sizes. So, but but you know, DevU's always had thirty thousand students yeah. or whatever, and there's other reasons involved. But uh, these universities, you know, kids aren't going to university like they used to. They're smart. They're getting right. they're getting smart. But uh, Marshall's having the same problem. We had interims over the weekend at Huntington at uh, Marshall University. The the president of the university spoke to our committee, and he's. Uh, a Marshall University grad. He's uh, uh, formerly president of Intuit. Mm. He's a smart guy, West Virginia boy, and he's he's a good leader. But they have a problem with students. You know, they can't get students to come. Um, and this. Uh, so anyway, the world's the biggest fertility gap in the world is South Korea, 098 can they ever recover from that? And uh, the documentary talked about, Pastor, uh, dog children. 
dog mom and dads. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've seen this everywhere. Mom and moms and dads say, yeah, yeah, well, we don't have kids, but but we have four so, collies or whatever. So in the spirit of inclusivity, there was a ad going around. <clears throat> it showed three women on Mother's Day. Uh, one of the mothers was holding an actual human baby, mm-hmm. and, and that's a mother. And then the mother to the left of her was holding a pet, and so that was a pet mom. So happy Mother's Day to her. And then the mom on the right of her was holding a plant. So that was a plant mom. And so happy Mother's this? Day to her as well. It was it was an ad floating around on You know, uh, advertising is always downstream of culture. Yeah. So that's that's where we're going. This plant thing is is th- th- this isn't just some kind of aberration. Yeah. Uh, we're we're moving uh, uh, to pet pet moms and dads, and plant moms and dads. So, th- so don't, let the, don't let the groundhog into your uh, yeah, your plants. Yeah, my groundhog is not a, a, a <laughs> plant, plant murderer. Mom and, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he in that way he's very politically incorrect. That's yeah, good. We're for him now. Um, one last point about this documentary called uh, "Birth Gap: Childless World." What a sad title! But uh, this the guy that was doing the documentary, I can't remember his name, I meant to write it down, was went around, uh, as he went to these different countries, he talked to mo- these moms, you know. Um, when are you going to have, when are you going to have children? Do you have children? Uh, and and many of them would say, well, we, we plan to. At some point we're going to. When we have the money to do it, we're going to. Uh and then he talked to these these moms who it's too late, hmm. who planned to, who were going to. But I had my career, and now they just it's 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 heart wrenching. They're just they're they're broken hard because it's too late to have children. They'll never have children, hmm. and they'll be childless uh, until the the end of their their lives. Yeah. Uh, but but you know I just I thought the, the whole time in in the documentary guy had never said this but you know the 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 spread of feminism throughout the world to where you know this this uh, philosophy that uh, uh, you know ourselves is God and and we, we own ourselves and we do what we want and I I I I. And if I don't want to have babies, I'm not going to have babies. I'll have babies after we have a big house and after we have big mm-hmm. cars. I remember hearing uh, Dr. Howells, uh, Jack Howells, he used, uh, uh, used to be a, a, great, a big preacher uh, d- decades ago. Somebody asked him, what's the biggest problem in the country today? This is 30 years ago. He said big houses, mm-hmm. big houses, because everyone's got to have a big house. Everyone's got to have really nice cars. Everyone's got to keep up with the neighbors next to them who also have big houses and and uh, nice cars and where both of them work and take their kids to daycare and don't raise their own kids and don't have kids and only have, you know, a kid or two. But but uh, that's that's the fruit of, mm-hmm. of feminism. And it's 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 been rotting our culture for a lot of years. But, uh, you know, uh, this this hyphenated last name you see it in foot in in in, in uh, football players more and more the hyphenated last name you know uh, the the Bible says that leave your father and mother and you become one flesh the Bible says that they called their name even Adam and Eve they called their name Adam hmm. all right hmm. but one not hmm. two two become one that's the beauty of it. Right, that's the picture of the gospel. We become one with the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. but uh, no longer. So, don't mean to offend folks out there. Just trying to love you with some truth. Mm. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, let me see what we got here. We're going to talk about some of the pushback, some of these governors who are fighting, uh, some of these governors who are fighting this. Uh, Marxism in the schools, critical race theory, and so on, and some doctors that are doing the same thing, folks. This, mm. this critical theory is infesting the medical world also. Um, so, anyway, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back in just a minute.
A portion of today's programming on Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450 is brought to you by Reno Refinishing. Reno Refinishing is a locally owned and operated furniture repair and refinishing shop. Mike McKenzie, the owner and operator of Reno Refinishing, has 25 years of experience in furniture repair and restoration. Reno Refinishing is available for a free quote to strip and refinish a favorite furniture piece, fix a broken table or chair, or bring a family heirloom back to life. The motto of Reno Refinishing is, no job too big or too small. The phone number for Reno Refinishing is 740-376-0342. And their before and after pictures can be seen at facebook.com slash Finish. We are thankful for Mike McKenzie and our friends at Reno Refinishing for their support of listener-supported Praise FM 103.9 and Faith Talk 1450. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There was a Roman soldier who trusted Jesus enough to send him a message. His servant needed healing. The soldier believed without needing to see and without needing Jesus to make a house call. This soldier knew he didn't deserve to be in the presence of Jesus. He was convinced that the servant would be healed if Jesus just said he was healed. This man had learned to trust those with authority and Jesus had authority. This Roman centurion trusted the outcome to the command of one who could change outcomes. Jesus knew faith when he saw it, and this veteran showed an unexpected faith. God is the master of impossibilities. He's strong when you're weak. Bring your sin and he'll bring his forgiveness. His authority means you can trust his plan. Follow, get the help you need. Praise FM, your home for today's gospel music. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, Facebook, Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. Like our Facebook page. We need some help there. I know. I haven't mentioned it enough. We're kind of we got a couple a couple of likes last time, and that dopamine is that what it is that, <laughs> that surges through your veins? There's two, got two, <laughs> but uh, we may have got more than that actually. But uh, anyway, so I was going to mention something. I forget what I was going to mention. All right, Florida eliminates diversity, equity, and inclusion. Folks, learn the language. That's the problem with liberalism and and uh, anything that that uh, puts its face uh, its fist in the face of God. You have to learn their language to fight it. Down in Charleston, I've, one thing I've noticed over the years down there is all the time that you have to spend to learn and understand bureaucracies, mm. just just bureaucratic overload, and uh, the same thing with the federal government times. You know, how many thousands? Um, they, the federal government has, what, 4 million employees mm-hmm. or something like that. It's just insurmountable. But uh, it, but you have to spend your time learning about something as, as uh, meaningless and useless as that when you could be learning, you know, yeah. <laughs> Constitution or reading biographies or whatever. But such is life, so that's the way it is. But in Florida, DeSantis, now I've, I have formally endorsed Donald Trump. Am I allowed to say that from this? <laughs> so I, but I, I love DeSantis. I love him and uh, want him to run <clears throat> um, in the future. Also, Kevin Stitt, governor of Oklahoma, good guy too. These guys, uh, I don't think DeSantis is a Christian, but he acts like one in terms of his policy. Kevin Stitt's a believer, Oklahoma governor. I heard him speak um, last year. Florida is eliminating diversity, equity, and inclusion. So there's the language you got to learn. When you hear that, um, antennas should go up. That's Marxism, folks, critical theory. But Florida is eliminating diversity, equity, inclusion initiatives in higher education. Mm-hmm which Governor DeSantis said have been used as a veneer, quote, a quote, veneer to impose an ideological agenda in universities. Indeed, they have a Florida college system institution, state university, Florida college system, uh, direct support organization. Now, that's just uh, 
Uh, DeSantis explained that the bill will effectively reorient our universities back to their traditional missions, which is to treat people as individuals and elevate merit over superficial characteristics promoted by the radical left. So Imagine that. One time our universities were there to teach virtue yeah. and to give a, uh, you know, the, the word university comes from universal. It was to teach you um, many things, a mm. comprehensive education. That uh, That's why you went. And, and everybody didn't go. It wasn't an egalitarian thing back mm-hmm. then. Everybody didn't go to university. Just the people that were smarter than I uh, <laughs> I am went. And now people are leaving the universities. Yeah. These uh, because they've gone woke. Because uh, it used to be a male thing. Men, you know, men would go and and then girls started going to get their MRS degree. Hey, that's cool. But um, so anyway, these these schools are these schools are dying out there. And Florida is not the only the only university that's doing that or the only state doing that. Christy Nome out in North uh, South Dakota, good governor also. She's been doing a great job out there. Model for rest of the country, uh, she says. South Dakota history standards scrap critical race theory. Build on Hillsdale Foundation. Hmm. What's Hillsdale? Hillsdale College up in uh, Michigan, and a great school. Been around since. 1840-something, pre-Civil War, the only school in the country, I believe, maybe one or two others, that doesn't take federal money, Hillsdale College. They have uh, their, their history is, is great. Uh, I don't think it's like David Barton great, but it's, it's not woke. It's not uh, Marxist. And so Christy Noem is saying, look, South Dakota, we're going to go with Hillsdale College's curriculum. How about that? That's good. Fighting back. And let's do one more here. Um, this is something of, uh, folks may not know, but this critical theory, this Marxism, that is, folks, it's infesting every every little vestige in America, every arena, the military, the government, uh, public schools, and medicine. Hmm. It's infecting medicine. So there's a group formed to combat woke discrimination in medical schools. So that and that's what that's what critical theory is about. It's about discrimination. It's about uh, the uh, everyone being a victim. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a victim, and that's the easiest thing in the world, Pastor. I like being a victim. That means I'm innocent. That means I'm oppressed. That means I'm ne- I've never done anything wrong. And and that's or even certainly if you have it's eclipsed by eclipsed by your victimhood. So you yeah, you, you know it's just beaten up on you more if you bring up anything you're doing wrong. And uh, hath God said, and and man, He doesn't want you. You talk about this all the time. He, uh, you know, uh, Lucifer said to, to Eve, you, you, God doesn't want you to have that special knowledge. He's oppressing you. You're oppressed. Mm-hmm. And that paradigm has been used throughout history. And Karl Marx, who was probably demon-possessed, took it to a level that, uh, that no one else in history did that I can think of with, because over 100 million people died hmm. because he was trying to recreate and uh, make the nature of man malleable and hmm. fungible, and it's not. Right, it's That's fallen. Right. Will always be fallen. The only the only cure for us is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Salvation in Jesus Christ. And uh, you say that from the pulpit. Mm. That's why I go here. Mm. One of the reasons is doctrine, man. Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing about us. Yep. It's all about Jesus Christ. We are of no worth in yeah. terms of our ability to save ourselves. Right. Can't do it, right? That's exactly right. Dirty, All right. dirty rags is what our righteousness is, the there Bible says. There you go. So a group of doctors called Do No Harm is waging a campaign against woke medicine in the United States. In an article in the Free Press, its founder, Dr. Stanley Goldfarb, who spent most of his career at the University of Pennsylvania's, Pennsylvania's Perelman School of Medicine, says, quote, our argument is that medical schools are engaging in radical or uh, racial discrimination in service to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah. So the website says this. Listen to this, Pastor. How are we doing time-wise? All right. Medical schools are being taken over 
by anti-racist activists. Now, that anti-racist means Marxist. It's not anti-racist like we think of it is. It is, it, uh, um, it's being taken over by anti-racist Marxists, we'll say. They are demanding that future physicians be trained to combat. Look, this is what they're training physicians to do, these Marxists. Demanding that future physicians be trained to combat injustice and racism instead of caring for the unique medical needs of each individual patient. That's what doctors do, right? Yep. At least, listen to this, Pastor. <clears throat> this is stunning. At least 23 of America's top 25 medical schools have made anti-racism a core part of their curriculum. Hmm. 23 out of the top 25 medical schools have made anti-racism or Marxism this critical theory, they have made that a core part of their curriculum. Hmm. Wow. That's how bad it is, 23 out of 25. While other institutions are creating anti-racist curricula to be implemented at schools nationwide, which is happening, uh, this diversity campaign will only lead to discrimination in health care, which is bad for patients. It will also hurt patient health and well-being by lowering standards for medical school and professional certification. But do no harm. This group is fighting back. They're fighting back. Do no harm uh, does more than complain about Marxism and the critical theory uh, policies in the medical schools. It has called in lawyers and claims to have made hundreds of federal lawsuits and complaints. They're fighting back. Hmm. They're fighting back. Uh, uh, you want to you see something get ruined quick? Watch this critical theory and critical race theory infests these different organizations and institutions, and it's happening all over the country. And we talk about uh, we talk about uh, filling a, a vacuum, and that's what's happening, Pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, as we become less and less of a Christian nation, and we just walk away from God, uh, you know, God has God has a, a, a certain wrath available yeah. for those nations that forget Him. That's right. That's true, and that's what we're doing. We're yeah. forgetting God. We're not pushing God out. I don't like that. I don't like that. I understand the term, but we don't. Uh, God doesn't get pushed out by right. anyone. But, but the term God uses is uh, forgetting God. How's yeah. that? How's that verse go? Um, anyway, the nations that forget God will be under the wrath of God. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's do one more. How much time we got? Three minutes. That's two minutes. All right, so we can cut out now because we don't have Is that okay? All right, so we're going to cut out for the day. Next week, by the way, uh, Brian Leversey will not be here. Um, you have to, are you on parole? Yeah, you have to? I've got to check in again. <laughs> <laughs> They've tracked me down. I thought I could get away from them in West Virginia. Well, I'm not going to say who turned you in, but his <laughs> last name rhymes with Dowler. I think. <laughs> So Tim Dowler will be with us, and Tim Dowler's dad, Mark Dowler. So we're going to talk about uh, immigration next week and uh, a biblical perspective of it because of what's happening. If, yeah. You know, let anybody in. Well, that's historically before 1965. Do you know that from 1920 to 1965, there was almost zero immigrants let in the country? Hmm. Because our in our history, we've always picked— where they came from. Hmm. They have to have a certain belief system before you let them in, or if you become overrun with people who have a belief system antithetical to the belief system that founded your great nation, your Christian nation, you don't survive. Hmm. And most most nations have died after two or 300 years in history. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We appreciate you a lot. God bless you today, and we'll see you next week. I will choose to-